Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as usual, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares started the week on a softer note today, led by declines from banks and other index counters. In early trade, the Straits Times Index was down 0.4% to 3,112 points after nearly 30 million securities. Securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, numbers on the SGX are still firming up, but here's what we are looking at, or what I have on my screen, rather. So, the Straits Times Index down 0.56% at 3,107 points. In terms of value turnover, that's $817 million. Gainers outnumbered losers 308 versus 276. Top five movers by value, we have here a Singtel, DBS, UOB, OCBC and Gunting Singapore. Heavily traded securities for the day, C-Trim, Singtel and Gunting Singapore. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have Singtel after its Australian unit Optus' chief executive resigned after the company experienced a network wide outage on November the 8th. Now, elsewhere from sentiment ahead of the latest Fed minutes to open AI CEO Sam Altman ousted by its board, more international developments remain in focus. And joining me on the line is David Kuo, co founder of The Smart Investor. Mr. Kuo, welcome. Yes, good evening on this very, very sundry Monday afternoon. Yes. Yeah, lots of twists and turns, but uh, let's start with the Singapore stock market first, right? How has the STI fed so far? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers, say Sabana, read down some 3.8% at one point today? Okay, uh, so let's talk about the general STI. Uh, not entirely surprising because it was a rather subdued uh, close on Friday. Even though the three indices were up slightly, uh, I think uh, investors at the moment are just sitting on their hands and just waiting for more information uh, to come out on the uh, monetary policy side over in the U.S. And that seems to have fed through over here into Asia as well. So uh, Singapore was down. Uh, KL market was also down. The only up market, I think, was actually over in Hong Kong. So uh, uh, I think we'll have to wait to see what happens for the rest of the week. But in terms of Sabana Reap, uh they are suing one of their tenants at the moment for some uh, back rent that hasn't been paid. And... Mm. One of the big problems there, Tim, I think is uh, uh, if you have a tenant uh, who can't pay his rent, uh, number one, what is the point in suing? And mm. number two, uh, how are you going to fill that space afterwards? And this is one of their bigger tenants. And so uh, investors, I think, at the moment are sort of saying, well, uh, if, if, this, uh, if this particular tenant were to, uh, well, is leaving uh, because he can't pay the rent, uh, who are you going to replace it with? Uh, Sabana says that, uh, they are sort of looking for a, uh, a replacement for the existing tenant, uh, but it's a question of how long it will take to actually find somebody. So uh, mm. people are just taking their money off the table for now, Tian Tian. Mm. And let's talk a little bit more about taking responsibility. Right, uh, Singtel said its Australian unit Optus' chief executive has resigned after Optus experienced network wide outage on the 8th of November. Is holding someone responsible and making that person step down enough to stem the loss and confidence in Optus? And also, has that lack of confidence in Optus hit investor sentiment towards the parent which is Singtel? 
Well, well uh, clearly the parents seem to think that maybe uh, it will be enough to restore confidence. Uh, generally, when something goes wrong, uh, somebody wants, uh, well, uh, the people who are affected, which in the case of uh, Australia was a lot of people, uh, they were affected for a very long period of time, and so uh, they want to see somebody punished for it. But here's the problem, again, Dan. If you keep on firing people yep. uh, because uh, there were some problems, uh, when are you going to start running out of people to run a business? Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean if, if every time somebody makes a mistake and you go, right, I'm just going to fire you and then uh, find somebody to blame. In this particular case, I think maybe there were genuine reasons for the CEO to step down because they didn't have a plan B. And I think what really happened here was they hadn't planned for a possible outage. And uh, the CEO has been in place uh, since before the pandemic. And there's plenty of time there to think about what are the contingency plans if something were to go wrong. I mean, we here in Singapore have had outages in uh, various sectors. Uh, Sometimes it's in telecom, sometimes it's in banking. Uh, but uh, there are contingency plans in place uh, that they can uh, install fairly, fairly quickly uh, so mm-hmm. that um, what, whatever uh, services were disrupted can be resumed as quickly as possible. But I think in this particular case, in the case of Optus, nothing was in place and people were just mm-hmm. left without uh, any central service, their phones. Yep. And across the region, Mr. Ko, Japanese shares hit highs not seen in over 30 years. Uh, at one point today, amid strong earnings and offshore demand, uh, could you break that down for us? And is this optimism short-lived? Mm, well, uh, first of all, I think you know some of the major uh, market movers over in Japan were the banks and also the uh, exporters. And uh, the reason for that is because uh, the banks, uh, hoping that maybe uh, it'll be the end of yield curve control over mm. in uh, Japan. In other words, maybe Japan has had enough of uh, keeping interest rates as low as possible, yeah. and maybe they will be thinking about sort of raising interest rates. So uh, that was driving the banks. And secondly, uh, the low value of the yen has been benefiting exporters, in particular the car manufacturers, and um, uh, that was the reason primarily why the market has has reached a 33-year 30, 30, high. It's, mm. it's almost as long as I've been investing, you know, in uh, in the stock market. And so, therefore, uh, will this last? Probably, yeah. I, th- mm. I, I think, you know, there is certainly momentum over in the Japanese economy. Mm. And they now have a new problem, which is inflation, yeah. which is something they haven't spoken about for nearly 33 <laughs> years. Yes. Right. And it also has to do with wage growth, right? Is it in tandem with inflation and consumer prices? Uh, if you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. Well, further away, Mr. Kuo, let's take a look at this big piece of news, juicy news here. The information reported that Sam Altman, which is OpenAI's uh, former CEO, will not return as CEO of OpenAI. Um, the ex-boss of Twitch will take over as interim CEO. Doesn't sound like what happened to Steve Jobs of Apple many years ago, but there's a twist here because Microsoft said Sam Altman will be joining the team. So, what do we know so far? Well, you know, twist and turn. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Elliot might be able to remember, you know, Chubby Checker <laughs> and its twist again, yeah? Yeah. Elliot, Elliot, do you remember? Why, why, why you reveal my age like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so many twists and turns over at uh, uh, at uh, OpenAI. Uh, so first of all, when I read that, when I read the statement come out from OpenAI, they mm. said that Sam Altman 
was fired because he, he lacked candor, right? He mm. wasn't candid enough about the business. And then I just think, well, you fire somebody and you don't tell us why he's fired. I mean, where's the candor in that? Yeah, I mm. mean, there's an irony there. At least tell us why he was fired. We still don't know why, why he left. And so we're all left guessing as to why, you know, Sam, Sam Altman and, of course, you know, uh, Brockman also, the two of them had left. And then uh, we heard that uh, there were some investors who wanted uh, Sam and Greg to be brought back into OpenAI. Yep. And um, we saw pictures of them at the head office, and it looked as though they were going to be rejoining, and then they didn't. Hmm. What it appears was that they were going to bring him back, but not as CEO, but as an employee. Mm. And what an insult is that, you know, to yeah. a former CEO of the company? Uh, I would be in the least surprised, you know, that uh, if uh, Sam was uh, given that proposal, he would say, thanks for no thanks. Yeah? And now it looks as though he's going over to uh, Microsoft. This brings in a very interesting question, uh, Tian Tian, which mm. is that when you are investing in a company, do you... Do you invest in the company or the person? Mm. And, you know, as, as, as a former um, um, uh, horse racing fan, do you bet on the horse or do you bet on the jockey, right? Mm. And uh, a lot of people say you bet on the horse, not the jockey. So the, the big difference between here and Apple is that when you were investing in Apple, mm. were you investing in Steve Jobs or were you investing in Apple, the company? And could Apple have been run by anybody other than Steve Jobs? And I think the answer is probably yes. Mm. Um, you, anybody could have run Apple, uh, provided they had the right mentality uh, to push forward with innovation. In the case of OpenAI and ChatGPT, there is no distinguishing between the company and the person. Sam yes. Altman is the company. And so therefore, um, when Sam Altman left, I think there's, you're going to be left with an empty shell. And I wouldn't be in the least surprised if, now that he's actually joined Microsoft, mm. he'll bring over the team of people and his own brain and all the innovation that he has. And then you'd be left with nothing over over at OpenAI, you know, for this new guy uh, to, to, to run, this new guy's share to run. There'd be nothing there for him to do. Sad. Yeah, and I'm just I'm just trying to hypothesize what might come next. Of course, it is speculation at this point in time. But can you imagine Microsoft being a shareholder of OpenAI, but now taking Sam Bankman-Fried under its wing, and potentially if it does spin up that advanced AI research team out of Microsoft, how powerful that is going to get? Because now it is part of Microsoft's corporate venture already. Don't you think so? Well, okay. So um, I think Microsoft would just simply have to maybe write off their investment mm. in uh, OpenAI. Uh, they can afford it. Yeah, uh, they they were backing they were backing the company, provided that Sam Altman was there. But since Sam is no longer going to be there, then um, they'll, they'll, they'll just simply write it off and just say that, uh, that 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 was a bad investment. But at least they still have the person. And I think this is what I, I keep on saying. What is the difference? Uh, between this and horse racing, where you back the horse or the jockey. Mm. But in this case, the horse is the jockey, and the jockey is the horse. And so therefore, without the two together, you've got nothing. You've got, you've got a horse without a jockey on it, right? Mm. Uh, which we all know, you know, doesn't sort of count in horse racing. A horse can finish without a jockey, but it doesn't win the race. But mm. in this particular case, you need the two together. But I think you can actually survive with just Sam Altman, who will bring together his intellectual property over to Microsoft, and then the board of directors will just have nothing to run over at OpenAI's uh, center. It's very sad, because I, 
But the, the thing is, we still don't know why he was fired. I think there's something to tell me why he was fired in the first place. Mm, don't mind me following up very quickly, right, Mr. Cold. Uh, do you think Microsoft can expect a search in the near term following that? Uh, I think so, yeah, because I, I, I think uh, they will now get 100% of open AI. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, first of all, they were getting 49% of open AI for 10 billion. But now they're actually getting 100%. all of it. Yeah, 100% of the person. So I, I think, um, uh, yeah, watch tonight uh, just to see what the share price does. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the share price does actually rise significantly again. Mm. And before we let you go, Mr. Kuo, we've got the latest Fed Minutes due early tomorrow, I believe. Uh, what will you be watching out for? Uh, spelling mistakes, I think, yeah. I'll just be reading it very carefully to see if there's any spelling mistakes. But I, think, you know, I, think, I think we know what's going to happen, right? Uh, the Fed will just simply say that, yeah, they're going to be looking at more data. Uh, they are going to be data dependent. But what seems to have happened is that uh, when uh, they had the last meeting, uh, inflation looked as though uh, it was still around, right? I mean, they had a strong labor market and they also, they also had a strong economy. But since then, what we've seen is that inflation seems to have uh, tempered down slightly. And so, therefore, uh, those minutes, I think, are somewhat meaningless. And what we will have to sort of have a look at is uh, what is going to happen in terms of the U.S. economy. Is inflation, Mm. the the, the next sort of PPI figures that come out, the purchasing uh, uh, pricing index, Mm. whether or not those numbers are going to actually indicate that the inflation is more or less under control. Personally, I don't think so, because I think we have a low-tech meeting coming up, and they could be cutting low production, which could then actually force the Fed's hand, because I think uh, if oil prices start to rise again, that could permeate all over the place. Again. So, mm. uh, lots to look out for tomorrow, yeah, when, when uh, the minute, Fed minutes come out. Mm, uh, Mr. Kuo, I do want to correct myself. I was just looking at the calendar. It's 22nd of November, which is uh, Wednesday morning. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I guess there'll be a lot to watch, be economic data points or what's next when it comes to open AI. Thanks a lot, Mr. Kuo. That was David Kuo, co-founder The Smart Investor. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.